Welcome to Dental Bites. I'm Natasha Gillis, your smiling lawyer here with Malika Azargun, your dental Zorro. Malika, I'm so excited to be back. It's yeah, been a while. It's been a long time. And we're just going to jump into today's episode because we've got a phenomenal guest here live with us, Kat Azima with Dentio Marketing. Kat, welcome. Hi, great to be back. Awesome. So Malika, let's tell our uh, listeners what you and I were talking about privately. We were talking about this kind of phenomenon of dental offices, especially dentists, feeling a little bit burnt out with the whole concept of I'm becoming commoditized. I'm shocked. Uh, I always feel like I have something to prove in terms of why I'm better and why I'm stronger. And oftentimes this comes in the concept of fees. Am I shooting myself in this foot, so to speak, by being insurance-based? Am I better off being fee-for-service? How do I avoid being commoditized? Malika, what are your thoughts? Is that a fallacy or is that true? Does, is one better than the other? Yes and no, I would say. I mean, this is definitely a hot topic that it comes up a lot with my clients. And I always say it depends on your vision and your business plan when you're making that decision. And I know there's offices or dentists, I should say, that originally were with, let's say, 20 insurance plans and slowly weaned off of some of the ones they did not like. And they decided that, you know, when I look at my combination of a hygiene appointment, I want to make sure that I'm at least making X amount of dollars for it to be worth my time. So it's really important for you guys to understand that first before making that decision and also demographically where you're located. I always say like the, the Walmarts and the Targets do really well. And, you know, you go there because there's a deal and they're still successful. So you can, depending on your location, if you're, let's say, in Chevy Chase, Maryland, and you want to be a fee for service, I wouldn't think twice. I think you definitely can make it happen. But you definitely have to have that vision, have the right training for your team to understand how to deliver that wow factor for those patients or families to come to you. Whereas the, you know, the heavy insurance-based practices that I work with, they do really well too. But they also have, they have a plan in place of, let's say, more volume-based you know, of number of patients they see per day, or you know, the, the type of labs they use. All that plays a key component in that decision making. So, again, back to that, you can definitely be a fee for service and do really well, but don't make an emotional, dr drastic decision and you know unplug ten insurances at one time. Really do the analytics part of it, do the homework, and decide who would be your top three. Let's say that you want to drop this year. Well, that's good advice because I feel like you know in our conversations and even on social media, there's such a big push towards. I think it's stressful for a lot yeah. of dental offices to say, well, I need to drop all insurances. We're doing this all wrong. Right, right. And that stress in and of itself is causing problems because they're not doing it correctly and they're not realizing that, hey, there's a reason I went insurance based. But Kat, what do you think? What do you, in terms of marketing, um, talk to us about commodity because a lot of people don't understand what it means to be considered a commodity and not when we're looking at it from a consumer perspective. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's very easy um, for any industry um, to, to be, you know, to turn into a commodity. I think you have to have ultimately a brand. You have to develop a, a unique brand with a unique point of difference. You need to have an identity, you need to have a story, and that's what will help you help set you apart. And if you don't do that, then you know the lowest price uh, dental practice is going to be always the winner, and you're going to end up kind of uh, just. Uh, sorry. 
what was that quote that you had? Do you remember? My phone died. Oh, it died. That's okay. <laughs> Not a problem. But Kat, talk to us about this then. So if I'm a patient and I'm looking at, this is really your meat and potatoes, branding. Let's say the first impression I get is someone's website. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on if I'm looking at a website from a patient perspective, what is kind of a write-off for me to think, oh, this is just like every other dental office versus having a patient who really stops and expects, or I'm sorry, accepts that, ooh, I'm interested in this office. I guess you see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. I mean, throughout my career, I've seen so many websites that are, you know, plug and play stock, uh, stock uh, websites with stock design. And anybody can have that. Anybody can pay, you know, a small fee to develop a website like that. That's not a problem. You need a little bit more of investment, a little bit more of a vision to really design a website that reflects your brand and your story. And in order to do that, you really need to go back to, to design. And some people are not natural designers. So if you're not, hire an agency that can help bring that vision to life. But the practices that truly take the time to think about their, their design and their aesthetic, their story, their identity, and then bring that to life with visuals like high-end photography, high-end video, um, and then structure their website in a way where they're telling their story or really highlighting uh, their point of difference are the ones that succeed. And the other thing is, you know, as a, the provider, whether you are one dentist or maybe you have specialists in your practice, really highlight their credentials, highlight who they are, highlight their philosophy, their vision, their mission, um, right on the homepage. Don't bury that so deep in the website where nobody's going to find it. Most people do not go beyond the website homepage. So you want to make sure you're highlighting that up front and you're telling your story in a way that's you know truly approachable, but also you know aesthetically pleasing. You know, it's interesting, Kat, when you and I were working together for my website, even though I'm clearly not a dentist, I really liked how the first focus you had for my website was me. And I agreed with you as a service-based industry, people aren't always looking for the service itself, even though it's as important, they're looking to bond with who's performing that service for me. And you're right, from a patient perspective, if I'm looking to book an appointment and I have to go through that bar to find out about us and then toggle down from staff to provider, it's an extra step that sometimes I'm like, well, why don't they just put their team and show me who am I working with? When I walk in there, who am I going to be greeted by? I think that sort of familiarization is important along with just like you said, branding. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about stories. You, we were talking a little bit about the importance of distinguishing yourself, not just visually, but in terms of who you are. What are some compelling stories that you've seen in your work that you think, you know what, that would be a great piece to put right up front so people know why? Have you seen anything interesting? Like any? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, um, I have one client, which I haven't asked their permission, so I'm going to have to talk about it in a round, roundabout <laughs> way. But, um, you know, they're born on a certain time of the year, which has significance. So they use that time of significance as part of their brand. Um, and that has, you know, there's a story behind that. It's related to her birthday. 
Um, it has visual components to it. Um, it really does have a very strong story. And then we're able to infuse that into the, not only the design of the practice, but the design of the website. Um, you know, we're able to have events around that um, point in time as well. So, you know, taking some time to really think about your brand in that way has, has so much value. I like that. So birthdays. Um, you know, for me, my story was just from my law school clinical experience in overcoming a uh, client who was discriminated against. Um, it, it was really compelling to kind of drive me to the point where I said, we do want to work really with those healthcare professionals who feel similarly in the future, but also kind of extending that brand out and saying, well, it's not just that, but it's really all healthcare professionals. But I know, Malika, you've got a story, too, and how you came into the dental world is, and if you want to share that without using names, but what drove your story? Yeah, I mean, and I feel like that's how I end up connecting with clients, honestly, is that I wanted to be a dentist. So being able to go through that process and having that dream and vision to be a dentist, I make that connection with dentists when I meet with them because I'm able to basically not to say I understand and how they always joke and say, well, you made the right choice. You didn't go to dental school, but... And that's kind of the icebreaker for me to be able to connect with those potential clients or my current clients is that I, I'm a, I can understand on the business perspective and the vision and the dream that they had to go through that four years of, you know, dental school, let's say specialty school. And, you know, understand, I always joke with them that you've gone through all of that. Now you're here to showcase yourself and believe in what you have and what you provide. And the minute I, I truly believe when you believe in it, your patients will believe in it. And so will your team. So it's not just about... I think that commodity with just patients, it really is about team. So when I'm helping with staffing or, you know, culture in the office, I say, you want to have that leadership or that vision in your practice that staff want to work for you. And they get, you know, when you run that ad and it's that practice, let's say in McLean, Virginia, they're like, oh my God, I've heard about him. He's so great with his team or he does this in his office. I want to be there. So and believe it or not, more than ever right now, that's how it is. When we interview people for offices, they say, oh, I've heard of him or I've heard of her. I would be awesome for me to meet him. It'll be an honor. Or this person is doing missions and I would love to eventually do missions with them in their office. So I would love to work there. So there's that connection, not only on the patient perspective, there's also a connection when it comes to um, staff when you bring them on a team. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, and, and it's really important. Honestly, I, I sometimes will interview and sadly it's all like, no, I've heard that he or she's office and doesn't have a good culture. I don't want to be interviewed there. So it's, I always, this is why I constantly tell my clients, like, remember, it's just not about how your patients feel that energy when they walk into your office is the potential team member. You want to make sure that everybody's advocating for you because you no longer can do it by yourself. You have to have a team, no matter how small or large you are, those team is who helps you get there. That's true. Kat, um, you know, Malika just reminded me of something. When you're building these websites, not just with the thought of patients, but also with potential staff, potential referral sources, what are your thoughts when we're talking about branding and putting in videos? So let me give you a point of comparison. You've got the videos that are kind of silent where maybe there's some patient interaction versus the educational videos. Do you have any thoughts on the use of videos and which videos might be more beneficial than the others if they want to utilize that? Yeah, I think all videos um, are great to have. I think uh, today, most uh, most websites I see don't utilize video. They don't take advantage of the technology that's out there. It's a lot of kind of heavy lifting to kind of go and do a video for the practice. It's a lot of time away from 
your clinical stuff, so you're not making money. So to take a full day for the production of a video um, can seem overwhelming, but it is so important to do that because when you take a, you know, a longer video, you can also edit that video into shorter bite-sized pieces and utilize it elsewhere for social media or, you know, put it on different business listings that you have. But, you know, to be able to communicate your story in a visual way that truly is a reflection of where they're going versus a static picture is very powerful. So if you are a practice that has, um, you know, designed your office where it looks spectacular, that's not going to be an issue for you because that video is going to sell itself. If you have a practice that is very old and tired, how do you do a video that's going to, you know, bring out the best in you? That's going to be very difficult. Um, but, you know, if that's the case, you need to look back and say, okay, well, there are other things that I need to take care of here before I, I, I do a video and you should, you should really take the time to look at your practice, look at um, the way your, your staff is dressed, uh, look at, look at your furnishings and make sure, is it up to date? Because, you know, having a video of a very old tired practice is just the reality of where you are. <laughs> so you have bigger, bigger issues. So, but video as a tool is, is, something every office should be uh, using as part of their marketing arsenal. Do you think, aside from the video of the practice itself, looking at uh, tutorials like YouTube videos yeah. where the dentist is actually showcasing something or teaching about something, do you find those effective? So the other day, it was funny, I years ago worked with um, actually a mutual client of Malika's, Malika and I, and I had recommended that she go to the... Um, to CVS and just, you know, explain to people how to, um, you know, if their cr crown falls out while they're on vacation, how to, how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so she went and did that. And, you know, a few years later, I went onto YouTube and I watched the video and it had over 40,000 views for that one video, which was like a little short two minute video. And so, you know, if people just took the time to parlay their expertise in a short, succinct way that's very approachable. Um, it, these things can become viral very quickly because it's useful information, you know? So putting a content plan together around some of the, the, the frequently asked questions that patients have, you know, is, is fantastic. The other thing I wanted to, to mention too is so many doctors don't showcase their work. So at the end of the day, you're delivering a product and the product in dentistry, depending on which specialty you're in, um, tends to be some sort of tra transformative work. So if you're in cosmetic dentistry, if you're doing an Invisalign case, you know, showcase the before and after, showcase, you know, the, the smile, you know, with the new crowns in place, with the new veneers in place. Um, and people just don't do it. You know, as part of your standard operating procedure, if you start a case, take those photos, have a smile gallery, take some video, get some testimonials, you know, have that, have that be um, part of the fabric of the way you practice your dentistry. I, I like that advice. I mean, yes, for the sake of people who are squeamish, put it in a smile gallery. Don't put it on your web page, the first page, <laughs> where if I go on there, I see the, the face and the smile that's just need some help. But um, 
you know, you just triggered another thought for me too when we're talking about videos, TikTok. Yeah. So I've been seeing, and these are really cute because sometimes you see it on Instagram, especially with pediatric uh, practices. They'll do something really cute with staff. They're dancing around. They're doing things that are really uh, cute for children. But I'm wondering if you've had any sort of exposure or thoughts otherwise into the effectiveness of TikTok for, let's go from the range of, for example, oral surgery to GP. What are your thoughts on use of TikTok? I think TikTok is good for anybody that's willing to use TikTok. <laughs> you know, I think it actually comes back to who you are, right? And who are who are you as a person? Are you tech savvy? Do you like to have fun and be playful? If you're a person that, you know, can't check the box on any of these things, TikTok is not for you. <laughs> you know, um, if you're 16 years old, you might, you know, love TikTok, you might hate it. You could be 80 years old and love TikTok. So it's really a, a matter of asking yourself, what is my brand? What is kind of the tone of my brand? Am I very serious? Am I playful? I follow a hygienist that is, you know, I don't know how many followers he has right now, but I know on TikTok, he is, um, he is just really up there and he's so funny um, and it's so entertaining. Um, but that, you know, if I were to show that to one of my clients that I know is very conservative and doesn't like to be out there, there's no way they would want to replicate that or do that. So it's really, I think, a personality question and a brand question. Does it, does it, you know, line up with the tone of your brand? So it sounds like your message is when it comes to social media, find a platform you like and stick with it. Consistency. Yeah, I mean, like for Twitter, for example, I rarely ever recommend practices be on Twitter mm -hmm. because unless you, that's a national platform, unless you have something that, um, you know, you want to convey nationally, mm -hmm. there's really no point. Nobody's going to be following you on TikTok, uh, sorry, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so stick to Facebook, stick to Instagram. Again, TikTok is is trending now to be, to you know, over... Uh, overpower Instagram and Facebook probably in the next few years. Let's see where it goes, but that's where it's headed. Um, so there's going to be something else. There's always going to be a new platform um, that's going to be available to us, but it has to be a good fit with your with your practice and your brand. Should we start TikToking? Oh my God. I, <laughs> I don't even know how to use this. <laughs> I think you can do loops. So yeah, I think my kids know how to use it better than I do. That's the sad part. You know, I'm exhausted with social media, to be honest. So, you know, for me, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm past, you know, using TikTok myself. <laughs> I'll help, I'll help my clients use it, but you know, it has to be a good fit for you. And you've got to put the energy and the work in um, to consistently develop content. You know, you can't do one-offs. You have to be consistently delivering really solid content that's relevant. Awesome. So Kat, before we conclude with our, our mini bite, so to speak, for our podcast, um, for those of us who have a hard time with content planning, do you have a calendar or any sort of recommendation on maybe how to get it all done so that if we do block out a day, we can just finish it? Or is it something that every day you have to go post? Do you have any sort of thoughts on how to, is there a way to prepackage or pre-plan your social media? Absolutely. Um, 
you know, I'm not a good example because I love doing everything last minute. Um, but at the same time, I love planning. So I have this kind of dual personality of being um, very plan oriented, but also very last minute. I do recommend planning last minute. Not so great, especially in social media where things can change very rapidly. Um, you want to build out a calendar. You want to do your due diligence. You want to make sure that um, you know, you're putting together a uh, communications calendar, social media calendar, promotional calendar that reflects your brand. Um, if there's certain Hallmark holidays that you don't believe in, that you don't celebrate, make sure that those are taken off. Make sure that your staff knows um, that, you know, not to maybe individually post about those things. Um, but having a calendar month by month, day by day, um, where you can, you know, you can log in, open up that spreadsheet is not only helpful to you, but it's helpful to your entire team. And it helps you guys um, really come together for certain events. So Valentine's is coming up mm -hmm. um, shortly. Um, Super Bowl is coming up shortly. You know, are you guys going to rally around that as a, as a holiday um, or are you going to skip it? That's a great, great recommendation. So are we celebrating Valentine's Day or Super Bowl? Or what's... At this point, who really knows? When you end up having kids, those things are all out of the <laughs> A moment off. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Kat, for joining us. Um, Kat, drop us your uh, info. How can we reach you if we have any other questions or concerns? Email. So it's Dentio Marketing Group, um, same uh, domain, and you can email me at cat at dentiomg.com. Uh, feel free to ask any questions. Always happy to uh, answer any questions you might have about marketing. Awesome. And I'll drop your email on the uh, podcast description. Malika, anything else to add before we tell everybody goodbye until next time? Oh, I think that's some, some good stuff there. I, yeah. I need to work on that, some of those marketing Branding, stuff. Branding, 100%. Yeah. Kat, we're going to hire you after this. <laughs> Get ready. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we will join our uh, listeners for another exciting podcast coming up soon. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later.